Hey, welcome to the bookening. The spookening. Another in our Halloween week of screams. Our creak. Like bone creak of screams. Wait, what's a bone creak? Oh, creak bones creak. Yeah, bones creak. I was imagining like a week. creak of bones Ooh, that'd be scary too though i mean it's, it's not like <laughs> so just pull a rib cage out of it and play it like a xylophone it's one of my favorite things that cartoon characters do yeah just plays the old bones yeah rib cages can always be played like xylophones in like a old betty boop cartoons every time i've tried to do it though it doesn't work well you one of those people that you the skeletons that you decorate your yard with to be organic instead of that yeah, it's a plastic free range farm. Yeah. <laughs> All year Go, long. Locally sourced organic skeletons. Yeah, here. so I get my I get my skeletons early in the year and I let them roam around free until you know they fall wherever they might be mm-hmm. and then they turn slowly into a skeleton over the season. By the time we get to Halloween, they're pretty bleached and ready to go. I have to say <laughs> that was 1% scary. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a pretty creepy way to describe a serial killer. <laughs> oh, you think that's what I was describing? <laughs> well, that's what I was setting up. You're yeah. getting these organic skeletons. You're letting them roam around free range. That's yeah. just like your people. Yeah. Brandon. Uh, no, they're my decorations. Nathan. And then they die and rot and bleach their bones out in the sun. And mm-hmm. then they become your Halloween decorations. That's all part of the um, process of getting them my decorations to the right point yeah, it's, it's got you got to start the day after halloween uh, you know Dahmer had a good process like that ed gein had a great process like yeah. that yeah there's what there were there's were fine but i'd say i've kind of um you perfect, perfect, perfected the, what they've done you took what Dahmer and ed yeah <laughs> well they were novices and then but you know still you're the melville we said gene wolf was the melville of uh last yesterday of of, of uh speculative fiction you're the melville of Halloween decorations. It's Halloween decorations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the way I like to look at it. Yeah. Make a heck of a jack-o'-lantern, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go, folks. <laughs> I, I'm not going to pretend like it was 100% scary, but 1% scary. Thanks, Nathan. I think. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> that was our story for the day. No, our story for the day is the girl with hungry eyes, arguably the weakest story of the five. Oh, definitely. Uh, inarguably. <laughs> and and uh, arguably one that Jake has not read, I don't think. But this is by Fritz Lieber. Uh, Fritz Lieber, another giant of the field, not somebody that Brandon would ever like. Brandon would probably like something or at least get something out of Gene Wolfe if he tried it. But you actually think, I think you talked me into trying it. Yeah. Say the fifth head of service would be maybe, well, I don't know. We talk about Mike. But Fritz Lieber is just a pulp fantasy writer from very popular mid century, 20th century guy. He's this, uh, he's this year's uh, Lovecraft. He's this year's Lovecraft, and he actually corresponded with Lovecraft right before Lovecraft died, got some of his inspiration from Lovecraft, and he's a popular writer in the field. Most people that like this kind of stuff would know him. This is probably his most frequently anthologized story. There's not- This year's Lovecraft just means this is the piece from that world that we're doing this year. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Pulpy. Yeah, this is like the pulpy fun. Obviously, they're Just not concerned. Clarifying because, you know, before Nathan <clears throat> turned around and said he lived at the same time, I thought, oh, he must be a recent writer. I don't know. No, yeah. no, no. No, yeah. he actually died in 92, I think. So he, he. I see. Yeah. He spanned most of the 20th century. But well, yeah, he's pulpy. The story, you know, you got a lot of the kind of sensational dialogue and mm-hmm. the way that the story's told. It's just, it's more going for just entertaining and getting you drawn in than it is like the literary. Why don't you things. introduce Jake 
to this the conceit of the story and hopefully jake will still won't be so scared that he's scared out of his shoes hang on let me read the first paragraph and see if i can figure it out how about that that'd be fun that would be fun why don't you can you read the first paragraph to our listeners yeah, so yes. they can play along all yeah. right so we're dimming the lights <clears throat> all right folks turn on some spooky music the girl with the hungry eyes by fritz is it lieber it's spelled liber uh, maybe it is liber i don't know it's probably lieber all right, I'll tell you why the girl gives me the creeps. <laughs> why I can't stand to go downtown and see the mob slavering up at her over on the tower with that pop bottle. Sorry. Why? <laughs> Can I start that over? <laughs> oh, please do. <laughs> By all means, more monkey sound effects. <laughs> all right, I'll tell you why the girl gives me the creeps. I can't stand to go downtown and see the mob slavering up at her on the tower with that pop bottle or pack of cigarettes or whatever it is beside her. Why I hate to look at magazines anymore because I know she'll turn up somewhere in a brassiere or a bubble bath. Why I don't like to think of millions of Americans drinking in that poisonous half smile. It's quite a story. More story than you're expecting. Like, it doesn't end up being more story than I was expecting. So she's a billboard? <laughs> <He's wrong. laughs> it's exactly as much story as you're expecting. So she's a, a billboard, billboard. She's girl, like a, a she's, model. She's a model. Yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't suddenly developed any long-haired and oh, we gotta we gotta throw that long hair into the. No, I haven't suddenly developed any long-haired indignation at the evils of advertising, the national glamour girl complex. That'd be a laugh for a man in my racket, wouldn't it? Though I think you'll agree, there's something a little perverted about trying to capitalize on sex that way. Hmm. But it's okay with me. This story touches on some deep issues. <laughs> and I know we've had the face and the body and the look and whatnot else, so why shouldn't someone come along who sums it all up so completely that we have to call her the girl and blazon her on all the billboards from Times Square to Telegraph Hill? But the girl isn't like any of the others. She's unnatural. She's morbid. She's unholy. She's unnatural. Oh. She's unnatural. It's 1948, is it? And the sort of thing I'm hinting at went out, went out with witchcraft? But you see, I'm not altogether sure myself what I'm hinting at beyond a certain point. There are vampires and vampires, and not all of them suck blood. <laughs> Some of them. <laughs> and there were the murderers, oh. if they were murderers. Who knows, baby? Besides, let me ask you this. <laughs> Why, when America's obsessed with the girl, don't we find out more about her? Why doesn't she rate a time cover with a droll biography inside? Why hasn't there been a feature in Life or The Post, a profile in The New Yorker? Why hasn't Charm or Mademoiselle done her career saga? Not ready for it? Nuts. Nuts. <laughs> Not ready for it? Man, that's good stuff. Um, <laughs> style. Why haven't the movies snapped her up? Why hasn't she been on Information Please? Why don't we see her kissing candidates at political rallies? Why hasn't she chosen queen of some sort of junk or other at a convention? Why don't we read about her tastes and hobbies, her views of the Russian situation? Why haven't the columnist interviewed her in a kimono on the top floor of the Toss Hotel in Manhattan and told us who her boyfriends are? Finally? I don't know. Good questions all. And this is the real killer. Uh-oh. Why hasn't she ever been drawn or painted? Why hasn't she? Oh, no, she hasn't. If you know anything about commercial art, you'd know that. Every blessed one of those photographs was worked up from a photograph. Oh, pictures. What? Sorry. Every blessed one of those <laughs> pictures was worked up from a photograph. Expertly, of course. They've got the top artists on it, but that's how it's done. And now, I'll tell you the why of all of that. And that's the rest of that story. 
there's not a style that makes me smell cigarettes and cheap whiskey and like that, you know, those little green bottles of cologne mm-hmm. that like the grandfather would have. Yeah. And that just style just smells of it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like pre Mad Men style. Yeah. All right, Jake, where does the story go? So they've crafted some kind of like perfectly model girl to manipulate the world and people. And I don't know. Well, you're close. There's just, they haven't crafted her. She just magically appears. Oh. And she has this ability to kind of- She's a witch. Yeah. To make you desire her. But then she, it's very subtle. (laughs) It seems like it would be subtle. Um, I mean, on, this she, guy's a photographer. She kills people, right? She's a psychic vampire, Brandon. She she takes their essences and yeah. feeds on everything that they are. But doesn't it imply that she, some of these guys die? Yeah, and then okay. they die. Yeah. Have you ever been devoured by a psychic vampire? Luckily, no. Um, or haven't you, Brandon? Well, I don't know. As far as I know, my brain's full of resin, and you guys have me nailed to this chair. Yeah, I don't know exactly. Yeah. As far as you know, your brain's full of resin. You know. <laughs> Every day we uh, we come here and you go through that same routine. You wonder that same thing out loud, and then you sit oh. there and you think, "Huh." What if my but then eventually it all starts over again. I you have to remember. go through the process of discovery again. Huh? I'll never remember. No, you never will. It's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this guy's a photographer. This girl yeah. comes in off the street in shabby clothes. Says, "You want to photograph me? Whatever. I'll be your model." He photographs her. He takes her to takes her pictures to some advertising agencies. They go wild for her. She becomes the it girl, the glamour girl of she. You know, but she won't let anybody photo- photograph her, but him. She only wants a relationship with the one person. She doesn't want to meet people. She doesn't want to be drawn into things. She's very mysterious, and she doesn't know where she goes or where she. He doesn't know. Where he she, doesn't know where she goes or where she comes from. But he kind of becomes her uh, Renfield. You know. She becomes this icon that's selling soda pop. This 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 story was written in 1949, so it's Marilyn Monroe, right? She becomes this glamorous figure that everybody salivates over that's used to sell things. The guy discovers over the course of the story that the reason she has this power is not just because she's a pair of pretty legs, but because she, in fact, has this power. She's a... She works a corner, apparently. She's a vampire. He catches her work in a corner. Mm-hmm. And she goes out with guys and then they end up dead. But she feeds off of their desire. Yep. And she takes their desire and their impulses and their memories. And um, does it end with him succumbing to? Yeah. He just barely gets away, but he, she goes after him. I think he like, you know, he runs or something, but she. Well, he's been trying to seduce her. It's just like big brother. In the end, he learned how to love the bomb and. No, she goes away, right? No, well, I'm I, I'm just going to read this last paragraph because oh, okay. it's awesome, and Brandon will, won't make fun of it at all. Wait, okay, fine. You're close. Obviously, I don't really. It didn't really stick with me completely how it ended. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I know that she tells. She pretty much lays it out like, "I want your memories. I want your girls. I want your desires. I want these things. I'm a psychic vampire." And then he's like, "Oh no, I'm going to run." <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> She literally says, I'm a psychic Oh, no, Jake, listen to this. (laughs) I did it because I didn't want to die. I didn't want the life drawn out of me. There are vampires and vampires, and the ones that suck blood aren't the worst. If it hadn't been for the warning of those dizzy flashes and Papa Munch and the face in the morning paper, I'd have gone the way the others did. But Uh I realized up what I was up against while there was still time to tear myself away. Uh I realized that wherever she came from, whatever shaped her, she's the quintessence of the horror behind the bright billboard. She's the smile that tricks you into throwing away your money and your life. 
She's the eyes that lead you on and on and then show you death. She's the being that takes everything you've got and gives nothing in return. When you yearn towards her face on the billboards, remember that. She's the lure. She's the bait. She's the girl. And this is what she said. I want you. I want your high spots. I want everything that's made you happy and everything that's hurt you bad. I want your first girl. (laughs) Hurt you bad, real bad. I want that shiny bicycle. I want that licking. I want that pinhole camera. I want Betty's legs. I want the blue sky filled with stars. I want your mother's death. I want your blood on the cobblestones. I want Mildred's mouth. I want the first picture you sold. I want the lights of Chicago. I want the gin. I want Gwen's hands. I want your wanting me. I want your life. Feed me, baby. <laughs> Feed me, baby. <laughs> what's, that? Feed me, baby. what's his name? Feed me. Feed me, Seymour. Feed me, Seymour. <laughs> this guy was like the first incel writer. <laughs> no, he wasn't. That's what's I, I I completely resemble your remarks, Brandon. I think you're uh, an incel. I think you're an incel. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You guys know what an incel is, right? <laughs> no, I don't think you're an incel because you have children. Yeah, we um, know what incels are. This is a guy writing in 1949, and he's just trying to deal with giant billboards and mm. nudie magazines and this kind of monetized glamour industry, and he's turning it into a metaphor for. Sex and death and <laughs> Proverbs seven oh, or Proverbs you said, eight. You said nudie magazine. <laughs> That's what they were called back then. Okay, Nathan. <laughs> Before Playboy kind of put yeah. a veneer of uh, respectability on the yeah. whole thing. Uh, well, I think Raymond Chandler did it better. <laughs> wow. Put a veneer on nudie magazines. Yeah. Not, oh, that was all, what that one book we read was all about, right? People in the nudie magazine business. <laughs> Is yeah. that what they were in? Yeah, I think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not misremembering things. No. But, was, but what I like about- I was her, giving your boy Chandler some praise, Nathan. Yeah. It felt- re- I'm sure <laughs> Chandler really appreciated it, man. I'm sure okay. Chandler- It wasn't meant to be an insult to him. Well, it was. <laughs> oh, okay. Even bringing him up Nathan in the- Nathan takes those things very personally. Yeah. I mean for it to- Just bringing his name up in the- same category as Franz Libner or whatever his name yeah, is. I don't, I don't ever want to talk about Raymond Chandler on this podcast again. Man, that's a sore spot. Listen. Somebody needs a therapist. Yeah. Your read of this story is wrong, sir. Mm. Fritz Lieber. He's a man of ideas. A man of this ideas. It's a story of ideas. It yeah. fits into the same category. I can see why he would be in the same category as like... So this is actually where I can definitively say that here's a good example of... You know, even though this whole, we talked about last time about how the story of ideas, this isn't really my cup of tea because mm. I don't like to think too much <laughs> nope. about things. Right. Uh, Gene Wolfe is definitely better than this guy. <laughs> Yay. And Chandler <laughs> towers above both of them. Yeah. Uh, Chandler is definitely not a writer of ideas. I don't know what he is, but he's not a writer of ideas. He's just a writer of style. Atmosphere he's just all about atmosphere and style. Yeah. But this, But he's like saying like, when you lust after a billboard, it's uh-huh. going to take everything from you. Mm. That's like a deep, it's like, she's the bait. She's the girl. That's like, I think King Solomon would agree with this, man. He would agree with a story? Yeah. I mean, I agree with, I can agree with the ideas of a story without thinking the story was ever needed. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anybody had any illusions. I, mean, I don't know that even 80 years ago or whatever. Really were just, they needed this story to wake them up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, you watch 50s and 60s movies when the production code is falling off and things are becoming more sexualized. We just, me and Meredith just watched some Doris Day movie with Cary Grant. And the whole thing is about making sex acceptable. And the whole, the whole 
undertone of the story, even though they never say the word sex, is that Cary Grant really wants to have sex with Doris Day, and she's really trying to preserve her honor, and she really needs to get over it because it's natural and it's normal and it's healthy. And this is the this was from the exact same era when Marilyn Monroe was portraying this giggling innocent naivete. Mm-hmm. But, as, but, but, but it wasn't all that innocent. No, but it's pretty overt. Yeah, it is. It is. But I think that they can. There is something that creeps me out, at least, about the way that people of that era combined a kind of aw shucks. Like the pinup girls. Like models today, if you see a random pinup girl today, not that you should, but if you do, they have dead eyes and they don't smile. They look like vampires, you know, ever since somewhere around the 90s with that whole heroin chic movement, our models actually look like about what they are. But there is something about the smiling, bubbly, <clears throat> innocent variety of decadence of that era that was nasty. And I think he captures that. He's capturing it. And he's, you know, maybe it doesn't hold up. I'm not saying that it does, but it doesn't. Friend <laughs> <laughs> is very much saying it doesn't. I, I do think if you're going to tell a political story or a story that makes some kind of point, you can do worse than putting it in a horror context because. It's oh yeah, just I mean, a fun place to deal with it. It works pretty well in a horror context. Reader, this dystopian literature at heart is pretty horrific. Reader, you be the judge. Listener, go out and read the girl with hungry eyes. You, you won't be sorry. How many decapitated heads out of a hundred do you give to this story, Brandon? Uh, two. <laughs> <laughs> One for each eye. <laughs> How many do you give, Jake? Not having read it. Uh, One for each eye. Fifty. All right. Whoa. And I'm going to give it 100. <laughs> so it evens out. It evens out. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so that, I guess that means it has 50, right? Yeah. yeah. It, gets us, it gets it up to 152. So it has like 150.66666. There, there we go. There you go. We got that scary number in there. <laughs> All right. We'll be back tomorrow, folks. Happy Holoscreen. Scream.